Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. So the one thing that's been bouncing around after the Broncos 24-15 loss to the 49ers is all about the depth and the lack of depth. So let me ask you a question, Adam. Okay. Would you rather have your starters look like the Broncos or the 49ers? Or would you rather have your depth guys look like the 49ers or the Broncos? So basically, let me let me parse it down even more. Okay. Would you rather you have a first half that looks like the Broncos or a second half that looks like the 49ers well, of I a mean, preseason game. Yeah, I think I think the, the answer is obvious. You want your starters and your second stringers to look good, and you and you know your depth guys. They're just out there trying to earn a spot. So obviously, I want to look like the Broncos in the first half. You know, I I think that, and and I'll I'll try to play devil's advocate, even though I totally agree with you on this because it's such a stupid narrative. But I think people get wrapped up in the the long term view of things like. Um, well, if this guy goes down and then this guy goes down, 
well, then this guy needs to step up, but this guy sucked against the 49ers. Well, okay, that's sure. I can see that. Like, you know, I'm not even going to say names because I don't want to put it out there who might get hurt or who might not, who might not get hurt. But that that's something that I think fans get wrapped up in um, a lot is that idea of injuries happen and so you need to have good depth. And I don't think anybody is arguing here that the Broncos don't need to have good depth. But what you're freaking out about, and this is the, the part that I think is hilarious and it, and it will happen until the end of the preseason, what you're freaking out about is guys who are going to be selling insurance and bagging groceries in a few weeks rather than actually being on a, a football squad. So uh, it's not really something that it, – it's not a real narrative. It's just something to talk about. It's something to to worry about. And some people like to worry, I guess <laughs> – I think Scotty put it the best in response to Benjamin Albright's tweet where Ben said, if you're a Broncos fan, you're encouraged by the first half. Defense looked really good, even without some starters. You're probably discouraged by the second half and the depth. Scotty's response was perfect. Second half preseason play is always discouraging unless your team is benefiting from the discouraging play. That's a really good way to look at it. I, I mean, I think that, yeah, if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, you watched that first half of the game and went, oh, no, our team is in big trouble. And we'll talk about why here in a little bit. But you watched the second half, and sure, maybe you felt better. But if you're a 49ers fan right now, do you really feel that much better about your team? Sure, they won the game, but your second stringers didn't beat the Broncos' second stringers. Your third and fourth stringers beat the Broncos' third and fourth stringers, I guess. Where is the encouragement there? That's it's 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 fake encouragement, right? There's a there's sort of a false sense of, of security in saying, oh, but we won the game and we you know we scored all these points in the second half. Yeah, but when your team that's actually going to be playing wasn't on the field, and when the team that they're actually going to be playing against wasn't on the field, so I'm not discouraged, and I am actually very encouraged. And I'm very encouraged, too, because it, it, to go back to that long-term view, what you want from the preseason is what we've gotten from the Broncos the last two preseason games against the Seahawks and the 49ers. Both times, the offense was able to move the ball on its first drive and come away with points. Would you like to see Flacco in the number one offense cap it off with a touchdown? Sure. That, that's the ideal way to do it because it hasn't happened that often over the last couple of years with the Broncos offense. What makes you even more encouraged is the play of the Broncos defense. Yes. Because this defense, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, I've talked about it being out at camp and seeing it. This defense is going to be really, really good. And I think Bradley Chubb, is going to have a monster year. I mean, a monster year. Yeah. If, and he, I mean, he flashed that against the 49ers in what less than 15 snaps. Oh, I, I mean, I, it was, it's, it was hilarious. So like, I, you know, I, I obviously got done watching the game and, and I, you know, what am I going to write my article about? What am I going to focus on? And what was the one thing I, I really was taking you know, you know, taken aback by, and it was just how good Bradley Chubb and, and Shelby Harris looked. And so I went ahead and um, I 
was looking at um, some highlights, and I, I just pulled up Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, throws from the game. You can go to NFL.com and watch all of his throws. He threw the ball six times against the Denver Broncos. And five of his six throws, Bradley Chubb or Shelby Harris was harassing him in, sub, in some way. So you, you had the, the forced interception where Chubb was in his face. Well, well Shelby, Shelby Harris was right there. You had Shelby Harris knocking passes down at the line of scrimmage. You had Chubb coming coming from all areas. I mean, Chubb was all over Garoppolo, and Shelby Harris was right there with him. It was, it, and it's in six plays. In in a matter of six plays, you watch you watch him you watch Jimmy Garoppolo's life just sort of disappear from his face because his nightmares are now going to be filled with Chubb all over him, and that is. Um, just the, just the way it is, and so and the, the the sixth pass, the one that that they weren't involved in, Chris Harris was in, you know, forcing a bad throw as well. So I, I I didn't see anything on defense that made me nervous, other than maybe I don't know, inside linebackers again are an issue. They gave up a few solid runs, but it's a football game. You're going to give up a few plays here and there. You can't expect perfection. Where you got perfection was with Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb had, had a perfect game. He had power moves. He had finesse moves. He was he was in on run plays. He was harassing the quarterback. He had a strip sack. I mean, when, when Von Miller decides it's time for him to start playing as well, because you know he's really not putting forth 100% effort right now, I, I'm terrified for the health of some of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Mental health, not physical, mental health. And that's without Bryce. Yeah. yeah. Bryce Callahan. Without yep. Sua Cravens. Yep. That's without Todd Davis. Yep. So there are still some guys on defense where you're getting a little bit more depth. But you get you, you can be very encouraged by the play of the defense. And you can also be encouraged by the play of the offense because the whole point of the preseason is to have things to work on and to get better at. And the offense now has that for two weeks in a row. They've been able to move the ball down the field on its opening drive. You want them to cap it with a touchdown. That's how you would like them to finish drives. But it gives them something to work on. And also keep in mind that the offense is going to be very bland and very boring on purpose because it's the preseason. You don't want to give anything away. You don't want to show anything. The other thing that's very encouraging is Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, holy, holy crap. He tore his Achilles less than eight months ago. And he's back looking like he hasn't missed a beat. That's insane. He looked really good. He looked really, really good. I, I want to go back, though, because I, I have a question for you. And I'm, I'm just curious what your your take on this is, because I... I think we probably go in different directions here. They mentioned something on the broadcast, and, and listening to uh, Gene Steratore and, and Booger McFarland is, is difficult. It's a task, right? But they did put a, they, they talked about a stat, and that was that the Denver Broncos only had two opening drive touchdowns last season for the entire season, two opening drive touchdowns, and it was the lowest in the NFL. And... Over two preseason games, I'm not even going to count the Hall of Fame game because it was a scrimmage, but over two preseason games, they once again are incapable of capping those drives 
that were encouraging drives, right? They, they moved the ball down the field. They had some good plays. They looked all right, but they weren't able to, to capitalize and weren't able to finish. And I, I wonder if, you know, you talk about the offense being vanilla and um, they're not they're not overdoing, right? They're just obviously working on some things and whatnot. I wonder if what they need to work on is finishing. You know, I feel like maybe they need to practice scoring touchdowns so that when they get into a real game, they know how to score touchdowns rather than you get down into like that 15, 10, five-yard line range and you don't have the plays, you don't have the capability because you, you don't have the experience of getting in the end zone. I just wonder if that's going to be an issue come the start of the season. That's that's really my only concern as as we sit here right now. Being out at camp, it's something that they have had success going against this defense. I mean, you're going to struggle against this defense because sure. I think this defense is going to be very good. But they've had their success in red zone drills against this defense. So I think it's just a matter of the plays that Scangarello is giving to Flacco in the offense to use. It's not going to be the full assortment of what Flacco is going to be able to have in a regular season game when they're in that situation. And I, 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 what really encourages me is that deep pass that Joe Flacco threw to Emmanuel Sanders, but yeah. was negated by rinse, lather, repeat. <laughs> Garrett holds. It just and never ends. I mean, I want to I want to give the guy a chance. I really do with Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper. But it's clear if you watch the replay of that and it's it's just he's doing the same stuff. Yeah, it's it's it, there's no there's no adjustment. It's like you you fall back to when you get into a stressful situation, you sort of fall back on your bad habits. That's something that uh, is is pretty clear and and you know they they pointed it out on the on the broadcast that you know he his his technique was bad he'd opened up he allowed for a lane you know all of the things that they talked about on the broadcast and uh, you know I'm sure that Joe or Joe or Jeff will probably break it down in a video thing or something for Mile High Report but it's it's year three now right it's year three and at a certain point you don't have much time. You have to you have to be able to make the adjustment. You have to be able to learn. You have to be able to process things, and you have to be able to get out of doing those bad habits. And Garrett Bowles, at this point, he doesn't seem to be capable of doing that. And it's going to be something that costs the Broncos throughout the season because, unfortunately, I don't see them doing anything that will get them out of having to play Garrett Bowles at left tackle. Like, I just don't see an out there. And, and that, I think, is the, the big concern. If you want to talk about, you know, you have your one big takeaways and you're, and you're this and you're that, the concern here as you walk away from this game isn't your depth and it isn't the way the special teams played because those guys aren't going to be on the team anymore either. It's the guys that are going to be on the team and specifically the guy who can't seem to stop grabbing people when they come near him, Garrett Bowles. I think the biggest concern is that his footwork yeah. and, and the way that he's positioned along the line hasn't gotten better. And I don't know if that's just because he got back into a bad habit on that play and he went back to what he knows. But Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper are going to have to get with him 
because yeah. it's because you you cannot have that stuff happen in the regular season. Well, you cannot have those moments where he's negating huge plays because he's he's doing the same crap where he's his 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 footwork is horrible, his hands aren't in the right place, and he's not positioned the way that he should be. You know, it's funny because we're you and I are what I would call offensive line novices, right? We, I didn't play on the offensive line. I, I wasn't I, I wasn't privy to any of the, the teachings of an offensive line coach. That's not something that I did. But I can watch that tape and, I, and, and just from a very novice point of view can look at the things that he's doing and go, that's terrible, which is it should be terrifying. And it, it makes you question sort of not so much the coach's abilities, but the player's abilities at a certain point, you're only going to get so much juice out of, out of that orange, right? You're only going to be able to squeeze so much juice out of that. And I I wonder if with Garrett Bowles, what you have is as much of the juice as you're going to get. I don't care what kind of press you have. I don't care how fancy it is. I don't care how expensive it is. I don't care if it's a hall of famer that's considered one of the greatest teachers in, in the NFL, you guys can only go as far as they can go. And so what more is there to do with him? And and that that is the most concerning thing to me about him is that it feels like at this point they have extracted every ounce of ability out of him and there's no more to give. I think the biggest issue right now is because it's fixable. If you look at any of the, of the guys sure. who either, it is fixable. either played, yeah. if, if you played offensive line and there are guys who give great analysis of it, they say it's all fixable. Sure. The key is whether or not he wants to fix it. Well, I see it, but that's where I think I, I differ a little bit. And I'm not saying, because I don't know. Does he want to fix it? Does he not want to fix it? I don't know. I'm wondering if he's capable of fixing it. They say it's fixable, right? The, the experts say it's fixable. Guys that have played in the NFL say it's fixable. Guys that, that analyze it say it's fixable. But just because it is fixable doesn't mean the guy who has to fix it has the ability to fix it. And I'm not talking about Munchak, and I'm not talking about Cooper. I'm talking about Garrett Bowles. S- some people, when they get into a situation where it, you're acting on instinct, if your instincts are wrong, you can't change those. And is he too far gone to be able to change those? Like maybe that's the problem with drafting a guy who's who's 25 or 26 years old. He's already developed all the bad habits. And breaking those bad habits, the older you get, the harder it becomes. Whereas a 22-year-old kid, you know, like a Ryan Ramchick, for example, is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be moldable. He's going to be somebody who can make adjustments. And he's not going to be so set in his ways. And... I just don't know. Like I, I, I am rooting for Garrett Bowles because I know that that is the option. Like the for the Denver Broncos in 2019 at left tackle, Garrett Bowles is the option, and so you really don't have a choice here as a fan. You don't you don't get to say put in so and so. They don't have anybody any better, and and that's what's terrifying about it. And I'm with you. And in in normal situations, you say, well, you'd much rather see it happen in the third preseason game than in the regular season, not with Garrett Bowles because you don't want to see it at all. I don't want to make jokes anymore. And I actually have to give a shout out to Kyle Banks who had a great tweet. Yeah. 
Yes, he did. <laughs> Here, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Okay. Garrett Bowles. Okay. <laughs> it was so it was so spot on. Like I, I remember I saw it and then I had to like look at it again because I was I, I, you know, you're scrolling through Twitter because that's what you do. And I saw it and I was like, huh. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's perfect. We don't want to make those jokes no, anymore. I'm we want Garrett Bowles in his third year to make the next step. Because if Mike Munchak can't do it. That, and, and that's the point. If Mike Munchak can't do it, it's over. I mean, just, I, I don't know what he has on the horizon, but it certainly isn't being a left tackle in the NFL because Mike Munchak is the guy who is supposed to be the guru who can fix it all. Remember when we were talking like three minutes ago about how encouraged we were about how, how we felt really good about things. And then we brought up Garrett Bowles and everything just seems to have come crashing down. There's a response that I had to one of my tweets and I'm going to ask you, okay. When is it too late to potentially trade for Trent Williams? I mean, I, th- I think that's the point I'm, I'm making, though. I know Trent Williams is out there. I know that's a possibility. But what do the Broncos trade for Trent Williams? Like, what is it that you give up? Obviously, you have to give up Garrett Bowles. Here, you can have this. But what? how many draft picks are you willing to give up? Is there another player? Cash considerations. I mean, there's, there's so much involved in that. And I just don't see the Broncos. I, I don't see John Elway making that move. That's just not one that I see happening. Because I I feel like John Elway doesn't make a splashy move like that on the offensive line. It, it, that doesn't feel like a John Elway move, right? Am I maybe I'm off base, but I just don't see it happening. And, and I I'd love it, to see it. Do it. Yes, please, but it needs to happen because Trent Williams locks down your left tackle position. There yeah. isn't any if ands or buts anymore. You solve your left tackle problem. So I think you got to do whatever it takes to get him. Yeah, I I just wonder what I wonder what the ask, asking price is, and I wonder what the Broncos are willing to part with. Obviously, you, you have to give up Garrett Bowles, and you probably are going to have to give up a first round draft pick. And when you get a guy like Trent Williams, you're picking at the end of the first round. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, it's it's I I just don't know. That's a really it's a really, really tough question, and I don't know what the answer will be. I, I hope the answer will be that they do something because this is this has gone south quickly. I, I, because, yeah, I, I mean, aside from that, the starting offense was very, very encouraging. Yeah. Because I, I think you want to have things that you want to – there are things that you want to have to work on as an offense. They can see what they did well, and now the offense has now two games worth where they've been able to drive down the field, and they know they need to finish drives. If you finish drives with this defense, you're going to win a lot of football games because I think this defense alone is going to win some football games for the Broncos this season. Now it's just a matter of what is the offense going to be able to put forth, and we're seeing hints I want to see it, what they look like with an actual full Rich Scangarello game plan where it's not vanilla, it's not dumbed down, it's not bland. I want to see the full assortment of it. And that's, of course, if 
Garrett Bowles doesn't negate a 43 yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders. I, I, I just, to me, that's the, that's the thing that, that, that that's the thing that can't happen. And you know, it's, you just know it's going to happen. You know that Garrett Bowles is a drive killer. Garrett Bowles is a drive killer in and of himself. He is a drive killer and, and you can't have a guy on the field that's a drive killer. You just can't have that. You can't have a guy on the field that destroys momentum like that. But I do like, and I, I want to get back to the positives. Let's 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 walk away from from Garrett Bowles for a while. We we need to. We, need to we have to give out. a shout out to Lori because we did we did the sandwich, we did the positive, with the negative in between. That's right. Now we're back to the positive. Back to the positive, and and the the positive for me right now is that. There are there are a couple more preseason games, and then the Broncos are going to be playing regular season games, and the offense looks competent. Whereas, I, I will tell you, last year, at what point did we think the offense looked competent once they got on the field? I don't the only think- time I can see – the only time I can remember it is against the Redskins in the preseason. Yeah. That's the only time. And, but they didn't They didn't sustain it. They had the, the comeback win against the Seahawks. They had the, you know, the, the game against the Raiders where they had – they had moments, right? Whereas I feel like watching this game, that offense looks like an offense that's going to be able to be consistent throughout an entire football game as long as – you know. I'm, Keep as as long you know what I'm talking about. As long as the guy on the you know who's who's playing left tackle doesn't continue to be who he is. And I think the reason that we can feel that way is because over the course of training camp and practice, and it started with that preseason game against the Seahawks, they took what they did on that initial first drive and they built on it, and they started to have great practices and they built the they. They packed on a great practice. They stacked a great practice on top of that. But what really gives me encouragement is on the first day of the joint practices with the 49ers, they really struggled. Flacco and the offense did not have a good day. They rebounded on Saturday and had a very good practice. That's what you want to see because over the course of a game, not everything is going to go swimmingly. It's not going to be perfect throughout the course of a game. You're going to have moments where it doesn't go your way, you're going to struggle. What that does is it teaches them that we've been through this. We know if we struggle, we can bounce back. The key with Garrett Bowles to get back to this is whether or not he's going to be able to let it get, if he's going to be able to move past it, to get over it. Because what he's done the first two years is let it snowball. If he's going to commit these penalties, it's going to happen. An offensive lineman very rarely plays a perfect game. Is he going to let it build and fester, or is he going to let it, like a duck, have it drip off his back and just be done with it? Right. It's a it's a mental issue, and I, I think that's the key, is, is what is his mentality going to be moving forward? And that is that is something that I think – I think he can fix. You know, that's the one thing I think he can fix. So, like you said, if it's if it's not a snowball situation, then maybe it becomes tolerable. Uh, it just was magnified in this game because it was one very big play that gets negated by the one guy that everyone was looking at and saying, "Don't screw this up." And he screwed it up. 
but it, he didn't get a chance to have it snowball because eventually he's out of the game because he's a starter and, and the game moves on. So maybe considering the fact that he did, really didn't have any other penalties after that, I guess maybe let's give him credit there. Was that the positive that we were, we went positive, negative? That's, is that the right positive? Do we, we'll have to ask Lori if we did that right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's amazing about doing this post-game podcast is as we're doing it, reporters are getting quotes from the players. Right. So on that sack by Bradley Chubb, he said that Von Miller taught him that move two days ago. The inside move? Which move? Because there was on a sack, the one for a oh, sack for the sack. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> he's he he had so many good moves. I'm serious. Like, go back and watch his game. It was incredible. The things that he was doing on the field were just not. It wasn't fair. What he was doing wasn't fair. He had. He, everyone else was out there playing a preseason game, and he was out there playing like it was the playoffs. Like, <laughs> I'm sure the offensive linemen were like, wait a minute. Did somebody tell Chubb that this is just like a preseason game? It's just preseason game number two. He needs to chill a little bit. Chubb's out there just wrecking people. The other positive to come out of this is the two injuries. Noah Fant's leg injury, which I, I, seems like it's an ankle, isn't serious according to Adam Schefter, who he got from a source. And then Drew Locks, the x-rays on his right thumb came back negative. He said that he's jammed his thumb a thousand times playing basketball. And he said that's what this that's what that felt like. So that that's a positive sign. And it's a learning moment for him too about getting rid of the ball quicker and not trying to be Brett Favre every play. Because to me, that was a Brett Favre-esque play where yeah, he's that- playing schoolyard football and he jams his thumb into the turf trying to get rid of the football. Just be smart. It was harder for Brett Favre because he just wasn't smart. So, you know, just want Drew Locke to be smart. And I, I think you're right about the Noah Fant thing. Just it's just a, it's a small thing. It'll be okay. He never even left the field. Fant never. I mean, he, you know, he just went and sat on the sidelines. He never went into the locker room. He was sitting there on the sidelines the whole time. If it had been serious, he'd have been taken back into the locker room and they'd have been doing stuff to it. So, I, I honestly wasn't even concerned about that. But that is good to hear. The other positive is we're now one game closer to the longest preseason ever being over, and we get to Monday night football against the Oakland Raiders. And I will say this. You mentioned Tessator and Booger. There's no doubt in my mind I will be muting the TV and listening to Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Susie Wargen on News Radio 850 KOA. I cannot listen to those two guys. They are horrible. It's rough. It's it's rough. It's uh, I would I will say this. It's a little better now that Witten's gone cuz Witten was if a block of wood could talk, that's what that's what Witten was, right? But now you got Booger not in the weird like cart thing that they had him in last year. He's actually standing there with with 
is it Tessator, Sterator? Tessator. Tessator. Sterator. Tess, Sterator. Gene Sterator is the referee. The referee. I, fired. Yeah. Who? Maybe he'd do a better job. I don't know. I'm not even not even going to go there. I would take the CBS fifth team over who Monday Night Football has right now. I would even take Phil Sims right now over what they've got going on up there. I would take a booth with Phil Sims, Chris Collinsworth, and Dan Fouts. I knew you were going to say. I knew it, but you got to have Ian Eagle in there just to like have like a legitimate person in the booth as well. No, I can't go with him because he says his name wrong. Well, I understand that, but I just you know Ian Eagle. I'm like really. I always think of the movie Iron Eagle. You ever see Iron Eagle with uh, Lou Gossett Jr.? Remember that movie? Whew, that was not a great movie. Anyway, so who do they play next? They play the Rams, and that's actually on Saturday. What's fascinating is including this game against the 49ers on Monday, the Broncos play three preseason games over the span of 10 days. Well, over the span of 10 days, that means you get it over quicker. So I'm okay with that. Not quick enough. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.